So why is it that security intelligence services can't stop acts of terrorism from occurring? Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Russell, Ontario, Canada. You're listening to Quick Hits, short podcast about national security and public safety. I'm recording this in the early evening of June the 25th. Sorry, June the 26th. A uh, little more than 24 hours after a what's being labeled a terrorist attack in Oslo, Norway. You may want to consult my previous podcast on this. And we're learning a little bit more about the suspect, a little less about the motive, for reasons I'll get into in a second. But information is trickling out as to who the person was, a bit of their background, what Norwegian officials knew and didn't know about him. And we're now dealing with a situation that will probably take weeks, if not months, to unravel. Of course, he is presumed innocent and found guilty, I'm assuming, under Norwegian law. I'm not Norwegian. I know what Canadian law is like. And there's a lot of information that we need to gather before having a more complete picture of what exactly transpired at one o'clock in the morning in Oslo, in the capital of Norway, when a man shot a number of people, killing two and injuring more than a dozen outside of a pub that's popular with Norway's LGBTQ community. As I said, the Norwegian government has labeled this an act of terrorism, and yet they're very, very careful to not weigh in 100% on the motive just that yet. I know people want to know exactly what happened and why, but we don't have that information just yet. What's really interesting is that some of the information that's coming out indicates that this particular person who was a Norwegian of uh, Iranian Kurdish extraction was in fact on the radar of the Norwegian Security Service. And just to give you a bit of background on that, the Norwegian Security Service, which is the PST, and I don't, my Norwegian isn't what it used to be, but essentially this is the Norwegian Politetsikkerhetstjeneste, or the Police Security Service. Something I found interesting when I used to work for CSIS, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, was the nature of the our equivalents in the Scandinavian countries. So Norway, Sweden, Finland, and Denmark, all of their services seem to be rather analogous to each other in the sense that they were police security services. Which again, I'm going to go on a limb and suggest that putting the word police in their title means that they collected information slash intelligence in such a way that was evidentiary in nature, meaning it can be used in a court of law. But I'm going to be very careful there because I don't understand exactly what is the nature between these particular services and how the court system works in Norway. On their website, the PST notes, and I quote, that the PST is Norway's domestic security service subordinate to the Ministry of Justice and Public Security. Its main task is to investigate and prevent serious offenses that threaten national security, including the identification and assessment of threats related to intelligence, sabotage, the spread of WMD, terrorism, and extremism, which is a pretty broad mandate, you would think. Let's get back to this particular attack and this particular individual. Norway's prime minister has told the BBC that the suspect was questioned in May of 2000, assuming that's last month, but was not deemed a threat at the time. For its part, uh, the PST has acknowledged that it was first aware of the suspect in 2015 
and later grew concerned that he had become radicalized and was part of an unspecified Islamist network. He allegedly was in close contact with another Islamist extremist living in Norway, whom the Norwegian police, and I assume the PST, have been aware of for a long time. And this particular individual held very, very uh, anti-gay views. So it looks like, in fact, the suspect in the Oslo case was, in fact, influenced by this particular individual. But as his defense lawyer says, uh, first of all, he's not cooperating with police. He's not saying a damn thing. I guess he wants to protect his own interests, I suppose. And the defense lawyer has said, quote, it is unclear if there's any motive at this case. It also means that one should be very careful to speculate on the reasons why this shooting happened. Well, the obvious question that I guess on the minds of everyone at this point is that if the PST knew of this man back in 2015, why in heaven's name was he allowed to roam free and carried out what appears to be, at least under Norwegian law, an act of Islamist terrorism in June of 2022? So that's at least six and a half, seven years where he was known to the PST, and yet no action seems to be taken. What went wrong, in other words? Well, Again, I'm going to be careful here because I'm not 100% familiar with the situation in Norway. I have dealt with the PST in the past. I find them to be a very credible police security intelligence service as far as when I went them. But I'm going to speculate on a couple things. One is that the PST, like the other Scandinavian services, like other Western intelligence services, have far too many cases on the go that they can adequately handle. I know that in my time at CSIS, at any given moment, we were looking at several hundred individuals who expressed views that were consistent with Islamist terrorism and other forms of, of terrorism. Some of the cases were over fairly quickly. In other words, you did a bit of digging and determined there was no real threat there. Other cases went on for months, if not years. Some cases be, ended up being police cases in Canada were handed over to the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, for criminal prosecution. And in fact, we had lots of arrests and lots of convictions in Canada in the 2000s and 2010s when I worked at CSIS related to Islamist terrorism. I have no idea what's on the blotter of the PST. I have no idea if they have dozens of cases or hundreds of cases or God forbid, like in the case of the British Security Service, MI5, 23,000 people of interest. I, I doubt it's that high in Norway, but I had no idea on numbers, which, which means then that neither I nor anyone else fit for that matter outside of the PST and outside of the, the Norwegian security apparatus has any idea on whether or not there are adequate resources to look at everybody. So unless you have inside information I don't have, you might want to be careful in alleging that the PST dropped the ball here. We don't know what they had on the person. We don't know what priority this investigation was. We knew he was on their radar, but being on their radar means very different things at different times. So no, it's not obvious that in fact the PST should have known in advance that this man was going to carry out a terrorist attack in June of 2022. It turns out he did, and there'll be a lot of navel-gazing and retrospective analysis as to what's missing. That's good. That's what you want to have happen when something goes wrong. What should we have known? What facts did we ignore at the time? What facts did we misidentify at the time? What kind of analysis did we have? Was it good analysis? Were there, were there things we can learn from this? Because you're, you constantly want to improve and move forward. That's what a good security intelligence service or a police service does, is try to learn from mistakes, either real mistakes or alleged mistakes, 
and go forward becoming a better service. And hopefully we'll find out more about that in the days, weeks, months, and maybe even years to come. But I am the last person to want to stand up on my soapbox on June 26th and start leveraging a, a allegation of misconduct or incompetence on the PSD because I have no idea what they knew about this person and what priority it was or what is not given. The second part about this is, is equally as interesting, and that is that the suspect in this case has had a rather interesting um, episode or experience with mental illness. In fact, I've seen reports that he's been diagnosed with, quote, paranoid schizophrenia, PTSD, and delusions. So there is some evidence that, in fact, this person did suffer from mental illness, which raises a whole other question as to if someone has a, is mentally ill, is it really someone that should be on the, on the security services um, list of things to do? I know from my time in security intelligence, we weren't trained as mental health specialists. We weren't psychologists or psychiatrists or medical professionals. And the question then becomes, should we, in fact, be investigating people who suffer from these conditions? I think we should, but let me, let me, let me get to that in a second. I don't know that the PST identified this person to Norwegian Health Services. I have no idea. I have no, no inkling, no clue on what happens in Norway from their, from their hospital, hospital and medical system, public health system. So I don't know what happened. The problem is, is that, you know, if you work for the PSD, even if you strongly suspect or have some kind of evidence the person does suffer from things like schizophrenia and PTSD and delusions, that does not mean you shouldn't be investigating somebody. Because the bottom line is, is that people with these conditions, even if they could be deemed not criminally responsible in NCR in a future court case, you can't take that chance that this person won't do something. In other words, you can't say, well, you know, wash your hands of it and say, well, not my problem. It's, it's a part for the public health system. It's a part for the, for the medical profession to deal with. I'll just ignore it. And in the meantime, for whatever reason, long lineups, lack of resources in the health system, the guy goes off and ends up killing somebody. So, of course, you have to investigate them. I don't understand this knee-jerk reaction that people who have mental health somehow get a free pass when it comes to their pos possible threats to society. Yes, they must be treated differently, certainly when it comes to court cases. And as I said, I'm sure there's a Norwegian law that allows for people to be found not guilty based on mental incapacity, again, NCR. But yeah, the PST has every right to investigate a person along these lines, especially if they have information suggesting the person is an Islamist extremist and has been in contact with Islamist extremists. That's what we have security services for. That's why they do investigations. So don't tell me that this person should somehow get some kind of special treatment before the fact when they could, in fact, pose a threat to public safety. Bottom line here is there's a lot we don't know about what happened in Oslo. Uh, as I said, the, the suspect's not cooperating. Information will come out piecemeal here and there. But can I please just ask everyone to kind of just sit back, wait for the professionals to do their job, wait for corroborated information to come from the Norwegian government, from the PST, from Norwegian agencies, whatever before we draw conclusions. Again, it was a, a horrific act of violence, and my heart goes out to the victims and their families, but there, we, there's far too little information available right now to be drawing conclusions. And as any good analyst should know, you never draw conclusions before you have as many facts as possible. Anyhow, that's what I think. Curious what your reaction is to the attack on Oslo and what you feel about security intelligence services and their investigations of people with, with mental, mental health problems. 
Love to hear from you. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter at borealisaves. You can also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like the content and you want more, go to the website, borealisthreatandrisk.com. Hit the subscribe button. You'll get a free information, all the blogs and podcasts to your inbox, as well as a link to my latest book, The Peaceable Kingdom, A History of Terrorism in Canada from Confederation of the Present. It is self-published. You can get it off my website. Love to hear your feedback, maybe some ideas for future podcasts. We'll talk again soon. Until then, take care.